Let the stories and teachings of today's top Christian leaders inspire and move you to releasing God's best for your life. With your host, best-selling author and certified Christian life coach, Jay Marsh. Welcome to Your Blessed Life. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. Jay Marsh here, and I'm excited to get to be here with you, and I want to welcome you to Your Blessed Life. So as we get into the show, I want to introduce you to our featured guest, and I just let's come right out and meet him. So Chris, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Me too. I'm excited to get to know a little bit about you and uh, to share with Blessed Nation who Chris Mefford is. So, I mean, I know a, a couple of details about you, but I want to, I want to dive in a little bit deeper. So I know we were just chatting a while ago and I know that you live in beautiful, sunny, it's almost always sunny there in San Diego. So uh, how are things in San Diego this morning? <laughs> sunny. Uh, as it Love turns it. out. Yeah, I feel bad. My, uh, you know, my family, I grew up in Ohio and uh, I moved here from Nashville and it's just been bone chilling cold this winter. And uh, every time they tell me how cold it is, I just, I feel guilty. You know, I'm like, that's miserable. It must be terrible. I'm going to go walk on the beach. <laughs> nice. Nice. I love it. Well, I have a lot of friends um, and acquaintances as well that have made that transition to wherever they were to San Diego and got there as fast as they can. So there must be a magnetic pull going on in, in sunny San Diego. I think so. It is wonderful out here. So do you share your home life with uh, a wife and some kiddos? I do. I have a beautiful wife. I've been married to her for 24 years. This is actually coming up on our 25th wedding anniversary. Wow. Um, and so uh, I better start get planning on something special. Uh, I don't want to leave that to the last second. Um, and I have a, a son who is 20 years old. He's in college and a daughter who is a senior in high school. All right. Well, so you guys are almost empty nesters, right? Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, I'd say that's a whole nother season, um, an exciting season but a, a true season coming up in your life. Yeah, I know. I mean, is it wrong for me to say I can't wait? <laughs> no, no. I, you know, I think it, I think we should. I have two little guys, eight and 10, and I think we should just embrace each and every one of those seasons so that we can fully experience it. So, no, I think that's awesome. You're looking forward to it. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, a little bit of a background about you. I mean, I know you've done a, a mirage of things. You were a school teacher, high school teacher, right? I was for the first four years uh, after college. I taught high school. Yes. Okay. And you know, that jumped out at me because my wife, Dana, she's a school teacher. And uh, so that really jumped out at me. I know you have some, some roles in church leadership. I know that you played a leadership role in the Dave Ramsey organization, but right now, you know, if someone walks up to Chris and like, Hey man, it's good to see you. What are you doing these days? I mean, I kind of have an idea of what it is, but share with me and share with Blessed Nation, what is Chris Mefford doing? <laughs> well, these days I, uh, I took a job in San Diego. I'm the chief marketing officer at the Rock Church uh, out here, where if you're not familiar, about the 19th largest church. We have about 20,000 weekly attendees. And uh, I got hired to kind of help create a brand and messaging and just get the, the word out on the awesome things we're doing. Uh, one of our sort of MOs, if you will, is we do outreach and we do it really well. Um, Miles McPherson is a senior pastor and he's written a book called The Do Something Church. And he's passionate about having the church do something. And uh, that that ranges from everything from, you know, we have 200 separate outreach ministries from setting up something um, in you know, prisons to 
uh, setting up stuff at the adult um, movie industry to uh, kind of help people get away from that um, lifestyle and everything in between from women's ministry, men's ministry to we even have what we call microsites where we set up live um, Sunday morning services where we stream the service actually as it's going on in our main campuses out to the beach at La Jolla in the parking lot to downtown in the middle of the street in Tijuana. Oh, how so, cool. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're pretty big on, uh, you know, getting out there and, and activating your faith. And not just that, you know, Miles, when when you work for him and in this church and this organization, he expects the people that work at the church to do the same thing. So according to Barnard Research, you know, the average church has one employee for every 43 to 50 people that attend. And uh, Rock Church has one for every 200 and so uh, he's like, you want, you want digital marketing going on? We got 20,000 people here. Find 10 digital marketers and tell them what you need done. Have them do it for their church. And yeah. so that's kind of what drew me to this uh, organization was that it was this live out your faith kind of mentality. And it seemed like a lot of fun to, you know, after spending so many years sort of in the corporate side of messaging and marketing and leadership to, to join a church organization and uh, use those skills there. Yeah. Well, you know, it seems like, that you're still continuing something that kind of drew me to you when I was learning about you. And that is you're still taking kind of the mantra that you teach as a leadership coach of creating effective communication and, and leadership by creating a better understanding in whatever market you're in. It sounds like you're doing that exact same thing at the rock church. Yeah. You know, I, I had, I heard this uh, pastor once say, that it's interesting that in Genesis 1-1, the scripture reads, in the beginning, God created. And then all the way to Revelations 21-1, I saw the heaven and the earth new created. And he said, from the minute you're born to the minute you die, uh, to the minute God started creating, to the minute the everything comes to an end, he never stops creating in our lives. And so for me, I've taken that and said, I never need to stop learning, trying becoming, activating, you know, I, I feel like I see so many Christians and so many people fall into this trap of, of comfortability and, you know, asking them to sort of step out or try something new or move someplace new is just going to be too hard for them to get out of. Um, and they, they become what I call a hippo. They become sort of this lazy, mean, um, constantly needing fed kind of Christian um, who's just happy where they're at. And, uh, and I'm not saying you can't be happy where you're at and, and God hasn't called you and you're still thriving, but I, I am saying there's plenty of people out there who, who are afraid to step out and, and try on and continue to learn and continue to grow and continue to push themselves because there's this sense of fear of the unknown. And, yeah. um, and I don't ever want to get trapped in that section. So, you know, it, those verses remind me that God's never going to stop creating in my life or your life. And so you can either embrace it or you can uh, kind of not and, and sort of get off the train and, and kind of live this miserable existence. Yeah. You know, I, I hear that and I, I can really resonate with that. And, and I, I'm, I'm writing a, a couple of notes down as you say that I'm kind of surmising those nuggets that I heard that creating that activating that becoming. And when I hear those kind of key words, those buzzwords, that's like next level living in our Christian life. And I think that's what keeps our life uh, relevant. I think that's what keeps us fresh and keeps us committed to the bigger picture that God's trying to create in our life. So I, I love that little introspection of to how you look at life. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes some people say, you know, 
for God to do something great in your life, you don't need any great ability. You just need availability. You know, just show up and um, and God will do the rest. There's a, a one of my favorite kind of stories in the Bible is when the women show up at the tomb with the spices and they're there. And, you know, what stands out to me is, is Christ told everybody, hey, I'm going to come back after three days. Right. Uh, but nobody showed up at the tomb except these women and they showed up to put spices on a dead body. And so their faith wasn't really, you know, grand at that point. And Christ shows up to them and reveals himself to him, them first. And, it, and I heard someone say once, you know, why did he do that? And in essence, he said, look, you showed up for the wrong reasons, but you showed up for me. And so I can use that. And it's just a reminder, hey, this guy can do use whatever he wants, however he wants. You just kind of sometimes just have to, in a terrified sense even, just step up and, and step out. And he'll do the rest. Um, he'll use that. And, uh, and he'll take it from there. And so that's where it always reminds me that whenever I'm afraid or I, I just don't feel qualified or I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, if I just take one step forward, God usually has this. Not usually. God always has this. And he just takes it from there. And, um, you know, I could point to example after example in my life where that worked. And, um, you know, after a while, you just start to go, OK, I'm not going to not going to go down this path again. I'm just going to step out and, and, and continue to try and do this stuff. Yeah. Just follow the will of God. Yeah. I, well, you know, I like I like this conversation and I want to kind of no pun intended, but I want to take that next step in this conversation because there's a really fun parallel about showing up and taking that next step, uh, taking that step in faith to activate that faith. So when I think of faith and I think of all the things it helps to strengthen and solidify, solidify our faith, I want to pose a question to you, Chris, and I, I want to kind of take a a walk down memory lane with you. And when you think of your faith and you think of the different things that have come alongside that faith, maybe a, even a struggle or a difficulty that was actually um, an opportunity for God to really do a mighty work in your life. Could you tell us about a time when your faith was really stretched and it was a time where maybe you were even in that proverbial pit? Yeah, you know, I think it was, I had been working for the Ramsey organization for 10 years and I was the vice president. I started off as a director of marketing and then a vice president of events. And so I traveled all over the country. My team had grown from eight people to 50. We had gone from 12 events to almost 100 events internally and externally. And uh, about um, nine and a half years or so, and I was completely and totally burned out. And it wasn't anything the organization had done. It They were fantastic. I had just pushed myself so hard and not, um, and sort of not put safeguards in place. And so I was, I was at a place where things were miserable. And I finally ended up deciding, you know, hey, it's time to leave. Um, and I had no idea what the next step was going to be. I just knew I was tired and I was burned out. And, you know, I'd even started to see a, a counselor. And uh, he said, look, I, I, you know, I want you to stop trying to work so hard because um, I thought, OK, I'm going to leave. And, I, and then I just need to push in and find what the next thing is in my life. And so he said, look, I just want you to go play, play until you're tired of playing. And, you know, you're the kind of guy that this is going to take long, but just try and relax. I want you to go see a movie in the middle of the day. <laughs> and so that was just so weird. And I remember I went and saw this movie. It was the big short about the financial crisis, whatever. It was like a 2 p.m. matinee. And I sat in there and like every cell in my body was rejecting the fact that it was two in the afternoon and I was yeah. sitting. <laughs> and it was at that point I realized I was completely just burned out and exhausted. And, um, and I just didn't know where I was going to go or end up. And it was at that point, it was like, 
I knew I was, I knew my time was done at where I had been, but I didn't know where I needed to go. And I was, you know, I was a little scared, a little nervous, but I did trust, you know, that God had a plan. And, um, you know, I, I, fortunately for me, I haven't gotten to a pit where I'm like, I, I'm just at the bottom of despair. Uh, and I just don't know what to do, but because I do have this faith, you know, one of my spiritual gifts is faith. And so I just knew something was going to happen. I didn't know when or how, uh, but something would sort of pop, if you will. And, um, you know, I just started taking the opportunities that came forward. I just started saying yes to everything um, at that point. And not yes to overwhelming things like, you want me to come and talk here? Yeah. You want me to come and train the teachers here? Yeah. You want me to come and do a little coaching? I'll do that. And uh, I ended up writing a book. Um, I ended up spending some time working with uh, a bunch of authors that are really successful that I really admired. And I got to do that. And uh, it was really just a fantastic time of renewal. And it was like, God was just saying, Hey, I got this. Just keep, just keep working with me. We're just going to work through a few things as we get to get you to where you need to go. Yeah. I, you know, there's this common theme when I'm listening to that struggle and that uncertainty of where to go next, but it seems like in these struggles, they're this um, this positioning for God to really catapult us to that next level and, and of renewal, of opportunity, of accomplishment, of significance. And it sounds like that's exactly what was happening for you. Yeah, that's exactly what was happening. And, uh, you know, I think we all kind of find ourselves at, at some place uh, in that world. You know, and it was this point, you know, I, I remember hearing once someone said the fastest way to get depressed is to think about yourself. And, um, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to just start to think about others. Who can I help? What can I do? You know, I initially said, you know, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to do all this coaching. And, uh, ultimately I didn't find, I, I, I like to help people, but it, it, at that point it was like, I'm going to lift my own personal brand up. And I didn't like it. Um, you know, I was wired to help others achieve success. And so working on my own, I have a lot of friends who have been very successful at doing that very thing, but I just wasn't wired that way. God didn't make that way. He said, I want you to work with people. I want you to work with a team. I want you to help drive an organization. And, and that's where I thrive. And so, you know, I said, I'm going to think of others then and, and start to develop out. And, uh, and that's sort of the steps I started taking. And it was, it, you know, it's been a great, a great thing that um, throughout the last many, many um, years to sort of hold on to um, is trust. You know, we can sometimes look forward and be so depressed we can't seem to get to the direction we want. We can't find the success we want. We can't find the happiness we want. But sometimes when I turn around and look backwards, I can't believe how far I've come and how fast. And so just looking around and getting that perspective, I think is sometimes very useful and helpful. Yeah. You know, I see, I see in this story, Chris, like introspection, meeting action, the self-reflection of what wasn't serving you, what wasn't fulfilling you, and then the the opportunities to just take steps, random steps forward until you came into that perfect alignment where God was calling you to. And, right. and, and you weren't afraid to say, you know what? I don't have to try to force myself to fit in this box because this isn't, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like this is where God is leading me to. And so you stepped out of that and went into something else that really served you. And then you stepped all into it. Right. You know, what would you do if you were confident God was with you? You know, I asked myself that, you know, I've asked your listeners that ask yourselves, what would you do if you were confident God was with you? 
Um, and then conversely, you know, what couldn't you do if you knew God was with you? And, uh, and so that's kind of what I pray every day. You know, are, are you with me? Where are we headed? Um, and so there's a boldness that comes with that. And it kind of eliminates this fear and the sense of uh, trepidation or nervousness. You know, if God's called me to do this, then, you know, he'll take it from here. And, and sure, I can be a little nervous or scared. But, you know, what usually happens is you find out it was for nothing. Um, he had it under control the whole time. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's a good reminder that God is with us and he is wanting us to step into that next level of abundant life in Christ that he's called us to live. And you kind of alluded to something and I, I want to go there. So when you're going through a, a struggle, a transition, you're looking for that destiny for your life. What promise of God in the form of a scripture has been something that's resonated with you as you've moved through this journey in your life that you're going through? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, the first scripture that comes to mind, um, you know, there's a few uh, from Romans. I, I like First Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another. Um, and I feel like if, if the more people I can encourage, the more people encourage me. And uh, that kind of, you know, keeps me from entering into this funk. You know, I feel like it's a thin line between being joyful and happy and thrilled and being sort of in a funk and depressed and, and sad and, and discouraged. And, uh, you know, easily you can do that. I'll, I'll go to the gym for two weeks. I'll feel great. And then, you know, I'll, I'll step away for two or three days or four days because I got busy and then I'll be depressed. Like, oh, I don't even need to go back. You know, all the gains I've made are lost. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. Usually you find out when I go back, I, you know, the rest was actually pretty good for me and I'm actually a little stronger, a little bit more able to, to take it on. And so it's just these constant lies that the devil's trying to tell you. And so encouraging one another stands out to me. Romans 12, 2, you know, do not be um, conformed to this world. You know, we start to take stock of where we stand up compared to the neighbors or, you know, our friends or success that that just really puts us down and it gets me depressed. And, you know, I, God didn't call me to be that person. He called me to be this person and this is who I am. And, and if I can just be the person God's called me to be this frustration and sadness and competition goes away. And I, I find this joy and this happiness and it, it can be pretty contagious. Um, you know, and then I feel like I, yeah, I love this. I wrote this down for this, you know, the soundtrack to my life is sort of Romans eight, um, and, uh, I wrote out the, the lyrics to Queens, we are the champions. Uh, and I said, you know, the, this is a soundtrack to Romans eight, uh, but it's been no bed of roses. It's been no pleasure cruise. I consider it a challenge before the whole human race and I ain't going to lose. We are the champions, my friends, and we'll keep on fighting till the end. And, uh, that's essentially, you know, Romans eight. Um, you could probably say Queen maybe wrote that song based on Romans 8. But uh, those are some verses that kind of motivate me and keep me focused on, you know, getting through these times. But also, you know, as a reminder, when I when things are going well, hey, this is great. This is how you got here. Keep keep that in mind. Yeah, that's such a good point is scripture isn't just the crutch that we use when things are less than what we wish, we hope, we pray they could be. It's that come to place in the highs and in the lows. And I love Something that I really gathered from what you just said is you checking in with scripture to, to get you or to keep you on track, both in the good times and the bad. And so what, regardless of the promise or the scripture, First Thessalonians, which I, I think it's fitting that you chose that about encouraging each other, that really is in line with what you're doing right now at mm -hmm. The Rock. 
uh, or Romans 12 or Romans 8. It's that constant checking in with the, the truths of Scripture that come and support our lives when we're on the mountain praising God or if we're in the pit in despair not knowing where to turn next. It's that constant checking in of His Word. I, I, I just... I love how his word is true in times of awesomeness or in times of despair. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's powerful. Well, you, know, you know, I heard this story um, once that said, uh, I think it was Robert Morris at Gateway Church in Dallas. I was listening to the podcast and he's, he was telling a story about going, um, I think he was uh, diving with his wife, uh, underwater diving, uh, scuba diving, underwater diving. Um, and so he said, you know, if you don't eat, I'll get these numbers wrong, but you'll understand the gist of what I'm saying. If, if you don't eat, uh, you can live for sort of, I think it was like three months or, or three weeks or something. If you don't eat, if you don't drink water, it's like three days, four days or something. And if, if you don't, uh, if you can't breathe, you can live for about three minutes. Um, don't, don't guard me on those numbers, but you get the gist. You right. know, it kind of all diminishes. And the Bible itself is God-breathed inspiration. And so sometimes when we don't read the word of God, we're not breathing in God, we get panicky. So we told the story about when he was underwater and the, the, his mask came off and his regulator wasn't working specifically and he had, a, he had a difficult time breathing and he started to panic. And he said, that's kind of what happens, you know, when you don't read the Bible is we start to say, hey, you're not, you're not breathing in this God-inspired wisdom and in, in his words and you start to panic in life and you start to lose focus and you start to take control and try and manage things yourself and it, and it just goes badly from there and uh and so that's kind of what scriptures are to me you know i gotta i gotta breathe in this stuff or else i'm gonna get you know i get frustrated panicky i'll lose sight i'll start doing stupid stuff and uh and i don't want to do that yeah that's good stuff right there bud man breathing in his word and that's so true because if we're not then we're kind of bringing in or breathing in the world. And, you know, the world kind of leads us to chaos and panic, but his word leads us to truth and peace. I love that breathing. I mean, that's such a good visual to breathe in his word because that's exactly what he did to create it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what stands out to me for sure. So you kind of alluded to this in that statement, but, there's a couple of questions that I like to ask guests as we kind of finalize the show, just to get a kind of a perspective on Chris and, and how he moves in his Christian walk. So what kinds of things, and maybe just one thing, Chris, yeah, share with us just one thing that you do in your life that has really served you in your walk to strengthen your walk in Christ. Well, you know, I don't know if you have any listeners out there. I, I wouldn't consider myself uh, ever like the, the strongest biblical, devotional, daily kind of person. And it was a struggle for the longest time to kind of sit there and read or do stuff. And, you know, I don't know if this is what you're asking, but, you know, what I feel like really transformed kind of the way I worked um, faith in into my daily life is I found a series of maybe 10 speakers and, and pastors that I just really loved. Um, online. And, and most of their stuff is on YouTube or on their sermon series or on, on uh, Right Now Media, if you will. And uh, I just watch about 20 minutes or 30 minutes of them speaking and talking. And I write down notes and take it. And that, and then, you know, I'll go back and reread some of the scriptures. 
But that's probably been the biggest thing for me is, hey, I'm not one of these guys that will sit and memorize scripture. I've always found that tough to do. You know, my son can, he can look at something that's uh, 10 pages long and, and read over it once and just comprehend every single thing. And I, I'm not wired that way. And, uh, and so I found that difficult. And so when I found something that really resonated with me, that's when my spiritual life really started to grow. And so I, you know, just as an encouragement to maybe your listeners out there, if just because you can't sit and read the Bible for hours like someone else, that doesn't mean you can't find what works for you. You know, I started to uh, work out and, you know, I wanted to try and get healthy. And I said to myself, I'm going to do a triathlon. And so I started training. And about uh, three months in, I finally just said to myself, I hate swimming. I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. Um, but I got off the couch and I had been working out for three months. And so I really started to find out what I liked. And you know what else I discovered? I didn't really love running, um, which didn't leave much in the uh, workout stuff. <laughs> but uh, I did discover that I loved working out with weights. And, you know, and if you're looking for high intensity workouts and you're just looking to bring your heart rate up, you know, doing sprints is the same as lifting heavy weights. And I really enjoyed that. And I'm not like a huge bodybuilder guy, but I just found that and I just stuck with it. And so there are so many ways for you to get healthy. And it's, I feel like it's the same way with your spiritual walk. Don't give up because you can't memorize all the verses or that you don't enjoy sitting um, there and just, you know, spending hours reading through the Bible, which is not bad. Figure out a way that you can connect with God through the scriptures that kind of resonates with you. Um, and I promise you, it'll, it'll take you a great deal further in life um, with that level of enjoyment connecting with God um, than sort of forcing your way into what somebody else is doing. Yeah, it- I mean, doesn't that sound like a perfect recipe to have a a creation that serves you, finding a way that you can connect with the way that God made you, as a as opposed to forcing that? I I, I love that, and and I think it's a perfect little segue um, when I think about what you're what's working and what you're praising God for. And so when, when you think of what's going on in your life right now, Chris, what is one thing that's on your heart that is just God shining a light on it and you're praising him for what's one thing in your life you're just praising God for? Um, I think the work he's given me to do, you know, I'll tell you a story how I ended up out here, you know, as I was going through that transition, trying to find out what the next stage in my life was going to be. And I was working with authors and I, and I, you know, I had some, I was enjoying that, but I just knew that that wasn't the ultimate end goal. And so I kept praying, Hey God, I don't want to go back into sort of corporate world. You know, I don't want to make, um, you know, do advertising and marketing for target and convince you, you needed another lawn chair or something like that. I want to use my skills for the kingdom. And so, uh, I got reached out to and, and discover this job out here with the, in San Diego, and I remember, you know, I'd gotten the offer and I'd been praying, like, what should I be doing? You know, should I take this? You know, my, my family would have to move, you know, they'd have to uproot their lives. What's the right thing to do here? And I felt like God literally said to me, hey, Chris, I thought you said you wanted to help me. Were you serious? And so he like, you know, I've, I'd taken jobs before where God had sort of cleared the entire road and it was crystal clear. Right. Go here now. Um, and this time he was just saying, were you serious? It's up to you. You said you wanted to help me. Were you serious? And, um, and I feel like that's where God was working with me. You know, and if you were serious, Chris, here's your job. And you're going to have to make some sacrifices and your family's going to have to make some sacrifices for you to come out here and do this. But if you weren't cool, we'll figure out something else. But you know, 
you said this is what you wanted to do. And, I, and so hearing God talk to me in ways like that, it's, uh, you know, when you get the message like that, you, one, you realize, hey, this guy, is, this guy, this God, Jesus, that really is in a relationship. He really does understand what I'm going through. He really does care about me. He is interested in what's happening with me. Um, and he's teaching me. And so just experiencing that also contributes to how you live your life out in faith, because if, he, if he's interested in that and working with you through that, he's surely interested in all the other things you have going on in your life. And so, you know, helping me through this transition over these last months, um, it, it's really inspiring to kind of see how he's working and, and playing a part in my life. And that's that's sort of what he's doing. And now that I'm out here, he's basically saying, OK, I brought you out here and, and the responsibilities are massive and, and you don't have a, a large enough team to pull off everything you're going to do. So you're going to need me <laughs> and yeah. uh, if we want to keep moving forward. Yeah. Isn't it refreshing to just have a moment in our busy day to be able to stop and see the hand of God at work in your life of what he's done, of what he's doing and what he's going to do? Um, you know, sometimes we're, we're asking him all these questions, but we're not stopping long enough to truly listen, to lean in and listen. And that's kind of what I hear you saying is you're, you, you leaned into him and you listened and then you did. Yeah. You know, it's, I I found myself and maybe many people are like this, you know, I come home, I turn on the TV, I turn on the, I'm in the car, I turn on the radio, I'm out for a run, I put in headphones. And I sometimes feel like that's Satan's way of keeping me distracted from hearing what God has to say. Mm. And I can never settle enough or be quiet enough to actually hear the word of what God's trying to say to me because I'm so busy trying to be distracted from, from the quiet itself um, or the loneliness or whatever might be creeping in. And, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, Miles last week said, you know, you need to find a place every day to do the same, like pray, like your prayer stuff. He said, you can pray all day long, but find a place every day where you just kind of sit, read the Bible and just listen and leave an empty chair <laughs> and just say, hey, God, just join me here every day. Um, and, and he said, what you'll discover is that God will show up and he'll start to talk to you at that time because he knows where he can connect with you, you know, openly and clearly and cleanly every single day at the same time. And he's willing to work with that. Um, like those women at the tomb, he, hey, just show up. He's willing to work with that. You know, I'm reminded prayer is the difference between the best you can do and the best God can do. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that true? That's true. And, you know, I like that in prayer and in scripture time, in quiet time, to have a internal dialogue that says, am I creating a place for God to join me? What a powerful question. What a great question. Well, Chris, as we, as we kind of come to the end of the show, I want to ask you, and you've kind of sprinkled some of these answers in. And, and so if those answers are the same, I'm perfectly cool with that. But I want to know what's got you most excited right now in your life. And, and it may be your new job. It may be a project you're working on. It may be something going on with the with the family. But what is God shining a light on in your life that you're just super excited about? Well, I'll tell you, I think, uh, you know, the job and the family are always out there. You know, you never stop, stop, uh, 
stressing or, or, or trying to get better and, and get excited about, you know, when you have kids, you're, you're worried about, they don't put their fingers in light sockets and then, uh, they, and you're like, Oh, you know, I can't wait for them to grow up and be safe. And then they start driving and then you never stop worrying about them driving. And then, uh, once you sort of get through that, then they go off to college and you're like, well, what are they going to do? And you know, this never stops So with your family in, in your life that, you know, it's almost a constant sense of growth and development, but you know, what excites me these days outside of just the normal stuff is, <clears throat> I have written this book, uh, Hiring and Firing and Creating an Amazing Team Cultures for Leaders in a Hurry. But I also made a, a, a companion book that's the exact same one, but it has lots more um, examples of hiring and firing and creating an amazing team culture for pastors in a hurry. And uh, essentially, I had hired a bunch of people from churches over the years, and they're always miserable. They can't wait to get out of the church. You know, the, the churches chew them up. And, and taken them for granted and not paid them well and not been generous with their time and, 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 you know, ultimately didn't lead them or treated them poorly or had these expectations that were ridiculous. And so, you know, I worked at, at Ramsey. We won eight, best place to work for eight straight years. Um, and the organization I'm working with now in San Diego, we're in the, I'm in the middle of kind of working with them to kind of develop and change out their culture. And so um, I'm passionate about helping leaders understand how they can transform their teams by simple little things that they can do. And, and, you know, I've been blessed to kind of naturally been skilled in, in leadership and things like that. You know, it's a, it's a spiritual gift, but it's also been a really big talent. When I left the Ramsey organization, um, I was even told, you know, you took the worst department in the company, you made it the very best. And so I'm passionate about helping others do the same uh, because I feel like if you can get your organization, your church or your business um, running well and where people are excited on Sunday to wake up and going to work on Monday, the things you can accomplish are, are tenfold versus having a team that is miserable, that doesn't like to be there, doesn't like each other, um, or feels like they're being taken advantage of or taken for granted. And, um, you know, if you can help make the shift, you can start to accomplish everything you've ever dreamed of. Um, but as a leader, sometimes we forget not only are we the problem, but we're also the solution. And uh, I like to help leaders and, and pastors and and anyone really just kind of help them understand how the solution works. That's good stuff. You know, that one word comes back to mind. It's a word we said earlier in getting to know a little bit about you, and that's culture. You know, everything I hear you just say with church and environment comes back to creating a culture that works most effectively. Uh, and it sounds like that is kind of what these books are about creating a that's exactly what they are yeah you know get rid of the the people that that aren't on the same page as you they're they're just holding you back they're holding themselves back god has a different plan for them i promise um and then get the right people uh, hired in you know it's it seems overly simplified it's kind of but you know we made a hundred million dollar business out of it at ramsey um which was live on less than you make you know don't spend more than you make seems like a very simple concept or jenny craig's you know, consume less calories than you burn. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a very simple concept. And so when you say, hey, just get rid of the bad people, get rid of the good people, that's much easier said than done. There's a lot of emotional baggage. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of people who don't want to address conflict. There's a lot of people who just don't understand why this is even important or why that even matters. Can't they just come in and do their jobs? It's what I pay them to do. And it's such a negative way to operate and act. And, um, you know, if you had people come in every day who were just as excited to be there and work alongside each other, um, as you uh, and your best friend hanging out on a Saturday at a football game or something, wouldn't that be an incredible place to work? Um, and the things you could accomplish and achieve could, uh, you know, be amazing. Mm. 
Yeah, I, you know, I think that's going to resonate with a lot of folks. And, you know, if folks want to learn a little bit more about Chris Mefford, how do they connect with you? How can they find you? Uh, they can find me at chrismefford.com. Actually, you could download the audiobook for free or the ebook for free. Um, just go in and sign up uh, at chrismefford.com and uh, click on the book and choose which one you want and, and go from there. You get to 20 questions you should ask for every hire and how to create the proper core values for your team. And that's all free and free ebook, um, free audiobook. I mean, you don't have to get it free. You can show up at Amazon and order it online. I would love that. Or go to audible.com and buy it. Um, but I'm kind of passionate when I, when I do these podcasts um, that I want to get that sort of in their hands and uh, see if I can help in any way. Well, cool. Thanks for sharing that. I will definitely link your site up on the show notes so folks can access that and take a look at that. And, you know, I want to take just a minute and say thanks for hanging out with us and thanks for being on the show today. Oh, I love it. I appreciate all these questions. I don't ever get to talk so much about uh, uh, my faith in, the, in this kind of setting. So uh, it's been fun. It's been a unique experience. Well, I think it's rewarding. I know it is for us as the listeners, for me as the host. But I think also for for you as the guest to be able to stop and check in. Um, and that's kind of been kind of a message that you and I have been coming back and forth around and bringing it back to the, the spotlight again is creating a place for God to be seen, for God to join us and for him to show up in our life. And and I, I hope and pray that he has got to do that right now in our time together. Awesome. Well, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for your time and, and for your platform. Well, it's been a pleasure. And Bless Nation, I want to thank you for joining Chris and I today. I, I hope and pray that our time together has been a blessing to you. And if you enjoyed the episode, I'd love to get your feedback. I'd love to hear what you think about it. And you can simply do that by leaving a, a rating and review through iTunes. And just click on, uh, you can do a search in the podcast app or in the iTunes app. Search Your Blessed Life. You'll see a rating and review tab. Click the number of stars and, and tell me what you think. I'd love to get your opinion because um, it means a lot to me. And we look forward to sharing that next episode with you, Blessed Nation. And until then, I want you to know, and I don't mean this to sound just like a cheesy tagline because it's a truth, but that God loves you. He truly loves you. And he wants to bless you. Remember that. And in the words of Chris find a place where God can join you today. So Chris, brother, God bless you. And I hope our paths cross very soon. All right. Thanks. You have a good day. You too, brother. <laughs>